Welcome to the sidelines. That's right, it is the bench captains here. Joining us live for the NBA draft and NBA offseason conversation, I am Dave Sanford. With me is Nick Chestnut and Noah Fisher. How are we doing, boys? Another day more hoops. Nothing better than that. Absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. It's good to talk to you guys. Good to open the, the conversation up for some NBA draft. We'll get into some free agency as well, some potential trades that we think could go down. We'll also get into our prediction for the seasons. Uh, if we have any hot takes, maybe we do, maybe we don't. Who knows? Stay tuned. Uh, it's going to be a very entertaining podcast, and it's going to be very informational, very opinionated. But hopefully you join in on the conversation. So thanks for listening to us. The draft, right? What do you think, guys? How are we, how are we feeling about the draft? What, what's exciting to us? I think, I think this has the, it's obviously going to be the most different draft because just of how this all went. The draft workouts, the interview processes, just how different everything's been, how teams have been able to prepare for prospects. Um, the film on them might not be what they were hoping for potentially. Um, so I, I think this is a potential just to be even just the hardest draft of who's going to be for sure, who's not for sure, how much risk is involved. Do you trade up for people you aren't as sure about? What do you think, Noah? Yeah, I think this draft might be the most complicated that there has ever been in NBA history. Um, not only did everyone have plenty of time to overanalyze all of the film from college and overseas guys, but um, also this class is not as deep as people think it is coming from a very packed class last year to an even more packed class next year. This draft will be complicated, and I could definitely see some guys uh, going up high and then falling down real far. Very interesting. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to look forward when you look at this draft. There's some guys that they're massive question marks. You don't know what to think of them, and you guys both touched on it. How much film is there out there? How much were these guys actually able to do, do their research as far as interviews and and figuring out, does this guy fit into our culture? Is this a guy that's an energy bringer, a provider of energy, or does he is he an energy vampire? He comes into the organization and kind of sucks down the organization from where they want to be. So I think there's a lot of things that are very interesting, a lot of players that I'm intrigued by, whether they are going to be good players or not is another conversation, but definitely some things to look into as far as prospects and just how teams evaluated them. Yeah, one thing that jumped out to me. So, obviously, I'm here at Bench Captains. We're all from Cleveland, so we are all Cavs fans. But so being a, being a Cavs fan, like even just looking at trading down, just kind of some people potentially there, that's kind of when I got to your point, Noah, is how deep really is this class? And one thing that kind of jumped out to me is a lot of the top guys, they're not the big-name program guys. You got some of the internationals, Georgia, Memphis, uh, Dayton, uh, Florida State, Iowa State, Auburn. Like, it's not these, like, the perennial powerhouses anymore. Yeah. And how much stock do people put on that? Like, how much do you trust these programs to develop a guy who's NBA ready? Yes. As opposed to some of the other, like, sure, sure things that one, like, coming from Kentucky or Duke or things like, like those kind of programs. Like, like how much of a factor does that play into some of these guys. I think that's going to be, that's going to be a real big thing for college basketball going forward. I think from this draft is can these programs prepare players for the NBA as well? Yeah. I believe the playing field 
and we'll be able to get into this in another future podcast 100 percent but uh, the playing field for college basketball seems like it's been torn wide open um, with people being able to go back to hbcus and people being able to go to the smaller name colleges and uh, trying to be the one guy like John Morant was at Murray State and bringing programs back and sending guys into the league. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And and I think of, like, no March Madness. Like, think of how many guys boosted their draft based off of those however many of the six games they got to play. Exactly. Like, this is where you really get to see yeah. them in a pressure situation. And do they step up or do they fall back? Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to be able to pull a Kyrie Irving where you play a handful of games before you hurt your toe, and then you're the number one pick in the draft, you know? So we're gonna, it's going to be very interesting. Some of these prospects needed a full season's worth of development, and with, you know, obviously COVID running rampant, it, it's, it's hard to say for some of these prospects. But we're, we have a lot to talk about, boys, with what we're going, what's going on. So with that being said, let's get into a little bit of conversation. Uh, who do you guys view as the – who will be the best player in this draft. Nick, I'll, I'll swing oh, it to you. Me? Yes. All right, all right. I do. I'm going to go real bold here. Um, I, think, I think it's going to be LaMelo. I do. Um, I think just, just off of the pure potential, um, just from a physical standpoint, um, just the smarts, um, just how quick he is with the ball, his decision-making. Like, he's got all those intangibles that you can't coach. Um, and so I, I think just with that, um, obviously, Lonzo LaVar being around the league, he's also got in that sort of aspect of things, too. Um, this, will be, this won't be new to him. Um, so, and, and I think that um, even just playing overseas, he's gotten to just play against a variety of guys all throughout his life. Um, so I, I do think that it is going to end up being LaMelo Ball when we're all said and done here. What do you think, Noah? Um, I took it in a different direction. Uh, this is a very guard heavy draft, um, mm-hmm. from Edwards, Ball, Hampton, Maxi. There's plenty of guys. Uh, I think the best player in this draft class will turn out to be James Wiseman, uh, coming from Memphis. He's fell, um, unfortunately from the media being in love with the, uh, Edwards versus Ball uh, competition, who's going to be number one. Um, but dependent on where Wiseman gets drafted, he is much more than your prototypical big man. Um, he is a face-up guy, able to dribble the ball extremely well, sees the floor, makes the right pass, and he's a seven-footer who can rebound, dunk on anyone you have on the op- opposite team. He is a great man, even though he did not play many games in college. I believe it was only two or three. Um, but he's he's been NBA ready since his junior year of high school. He's ready to go. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, absolutely, guys. The two prospects that you guys named, Olamelo and James Wiseman, I have, in, if I were to put perfect fits, are the one and two pick in this draft. I think Olamelo to the Minnesota makes a lot of sense, mixing him with D'Angelo Russell and and cat and i think just the ability to spread the ball and let russell play off the ball is something i would love to watch but then wiseman as that five that stretch five for golden state and obviously you talked about his vision his feel for the game he has been the kids are are a lot more skilled coming into college nowadays with the the access to trainers and 
and more, you know, with these online trainers as well as well as in person, the skill set has been set early on, and now college is just the you know polishing your game. So I think Wiseman going to a team like Golden State at two is he per, personally. I have James Wiseman as well being the best player in this draft because I think he's going to go to Golden State, and anytime you have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Steve Kerr in the same building as you as a rookie, I I love what that's going to bring, I think that's going to be big time. You know, I, I think James Wiseman's going to be able to do some things for that team with versatility and their ability to defend inside. And let's not forget who just won the NBA championship, LA Lakers. So they're going to need somebody inside that can bang with Anthony Thomas or Anthony Davis, excuse me. And I think James Wiseman can be that guy. It's going to be hard to stop Anthony Davis one way or the other, but He's seven one. He's a big body to throw at him. So mm-hmm. I think James Wiseman, when it's all said and done, but I think him and Ball both are phenomenal prospects. Okay, okay, all right. So Noah, who do you think? Who do you have as a bust? This is always tough for me. I obviously don't want to throw down anyone or disparage anyone uh, based on their athletic ability, um, except us, obviously, because we've been riding the bench for four years. One hundred percent professional hand handshaker here. Absolutely, the water boys. Water boy bench celebrations. We got it all. Uh, the biggest <laughs> bust for this year, um, and I flip flopped on him a lot. You could ask Nick about it. Is I think it will be Denny Abdia Ed, um, mm. come from overseas. I have been uh, low on him at first, thinking he was an absolute scrub. Uh, to very high on him for his potential, but. Um, there's always a lot of concern come from overseas guys. You don't get guys like Manu and Luca or Porzingis coming all the time. Um, he has a lot of potential. I'll give him that. But if he's not drafted into the right system, AKA a place like Charlotte, potentially even Cleveland, unfortunately, um, where they're not developing guys as rapidly as other places, um, he might, he might fall through the cracks and, maybe turn into a uh, Sergei Karasev, a <laughs> European player in the Cleveland Cavs history who turned out to be absolutely nothing. Okay, so so let me ask you this then. When you're looking at, like, Cleveland, uh, Detroit, Washington, um, these kind of teams, even Chicago, um, but I, I think Chicago and, like, New York, they have a better chance of bringing in some free agents. When you look at these teams – at like five or um, Detroit at seven, Washington at nine, would you take that person where you said he could have high potential, but even high bust, or would you take your safe pick? What, what would be your draft strategy as a GM there? I think it depends. A team like Cleveland who comes from being the worst uh, team basically in the Eastern Conference and not having any playoff hope, uh, you, could, you could make that risk because you're not really changing everything. Uh, but Detroit was playoff eligible last year um, and could have been in the bubble. Um, unfortunately, stuff went down. But uh, at that point, I would take the safe option because you're a playoff viable team with what they have now. Um, and Detroit is obviously a different team than Cleveland, and they might be able to bring in free agents. So they still got Blake Griffin there who's hit or miss. But I, I'd be taking the safe pick if I was Detroit. But if you're in the lower end of the conference, then – Maybe you can make that boomer bust pick. Okay. Now, like, would you hold that against Kobe Altman? Say at five, he goes with Denny. 
but he flops. Would you be like, ah, well, he took that chance? Or would you be like, ah, he should have taken the safe player? I wouldn't be upset with Colby Altman, personally. Okay. But I'm going after the Cavs GM job once I'm available. So, All right, fair enough. Valid I'll point. support it. All right, Dave, <laughs> who's your bust? Uh, I went back and forth on a couple guys, actually. I, I think that there are, I was going to say, I have two. I have two guys as well. I think one, his ceiling's higher and his floor is a little bit higher. But the guy that I think is going to be a bust is Isaac Okoro. That, um, that's one of mine. Yeah. I, the other, my other guy was Anthony Edwards. We can Stop get into it. him. Those yeah. are both mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. We'll get into Anthony Edwards then in, in a minute here. But you take Okoro, I'll take Edwards. Okay. So. When it comes to Isaac Okoro, I, I watched uh, several Auburn games last year. And being a, I, I coach high school basketball, one of my high school players is a Division One athlete now. I'm not going to say his name or anything, but uh, he has played against Isaac Okoro. And I'll, I'll give you some, some words of what he said about Isaac Okoro. Uh, I'll give my notes first and then tell you what he said about him. Uh, my notes... I never thought he was a catalyst. I thought he made plays from time to time, but for me, like it felt like he was making some of those plays when, you know, the, the, the pressure wasn't on. So here's a, a direct quote from my player who went up against him. He said, I was shocked to see how high he was projected. I mean, he definitely has an NBA level athleticism and body, but his skills have a long way to go. And he was not impressive. So when I, when I hear comments like that about somebody that played against him, I know in, in my former player is probably not a pro player, but um, very good player, I will say. Isaac Okoro, to me, is very streaky. He doesn't come off as a guy. like To me, he's Ben McLemore. And depending on what you're looking for, like current Ben McLemore with the Rockets where he was a solid player, I, to me, I, I wouldn't take him high. I, he's a... He, I'd take him at back end of the lottery. So, mm-hmm. so for me, wait, I, I disagree. I didn't even really have much. I just it was just like a feeling. It's like mm-hmm. a gut feeling of like okay. I just I don't even know. I don't know why. But so we'll get into mine then. Who you kind of agreed, which I was surprised because I thought I was going to come in here and you guys would kind of be like, "This dude's crazy." But when we're looking at the number one pick, all right, in today's day and age, um, with Three pointers at an all time high mm-hmm. with that's where it's at. And you look at Anthony Edwards, okay? So, college, this boy shot 7.7 threes per game and he shot it at a 29% clip. That's not good. That's not, that's not what you want. I could go do that. If that's what it requires, I'm the number one pick. All right. Obviously, not because I'm a bench captain in high school. All right. But so, so when I look at just how high he is and obviously because, and I would love to have seen him, like, where would he go in the draft in a more loaded draft? How high would he really be? Like, is this, he's up there just because of how low other people are. Um, But so that's my biggest issue. Now, obviously with shooting that he still went and got around 19, 20 points a game. Um, But I I just, it's going to be interesting of what he ends up doing. And obviously he can go get a shot, but, but I think in college with it going back even farther, maybe that goes up somehow. I don't know. Um, but what are your thoughts, Noah? We crazy with our bus picks or? No, I think, I think they're solid. I mean, Anthony Edwards is an absolute bucket. Um, 
I think he's an absolute stud. He's an animal, and his uh, three-point chucking ability is high because he went to Georgia. <laughs> who else, is, who else would rather shoot the ball? Um, right. The issue uh, that I see with um, Okoro is, obviously, yeah, he doesn't have that skill set, but at the same time, um, he can come into the league and just lock people up. He has a high motor, but as an offensive player, yeah, definitely Buss doesn't have the skill set that compares to anyone else in this draft. I believe uh, in next year's class, if Edwards and Okoro uh, were in it, Okoro would be out of the lottery and Edwards would be out of the top five. Okay. I, I, I would agree with that. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. We got – so the last part, we're winding down the first quarter. We're going to throw out our sleepers, our draft sleepers. Who should we be looking for to make a big splash in the NBA? I'm either mid to late first or second round. Who you got, Dave? You know, I have a couple guys that I'm very intrigued with. Uh, but I know, Noah, you have a guy that we both talked about. I'll let you get to him. You seem very fired up about him. But I, I will go with a, a name that really hasn't been talked about as much because of injury. It's Tyrese Halliburton, from the point guard from Iowa State. Now, he was on a streak last year I thought was very impressive. Him and Obi Topping were, I think, considered the best players in college basketball um, just by production. And then the, it, he had a, an injury. And my thing with him is he's an un- unorthodox player. He, he, his jump shot isn't, isn't the most pretty thing but it goes in. It works for him. And on top of that, he's a playmaker, 6'5 playmaker. And, and to me, in a game where you need guards that are, sorry, Cavs fans, uh, I'm a Cavs fan as well, so I'm throwing shade at ourselves, but we need big guards in the NBA these days. And when you have two guys that are six foot, that's an issue, six foot one. But Tyrese Halliburton is a point guard at 6'5". So I like the size. I like the skill set that's there. The question is his health. So that's why I think he's a sleeper. He might slip to the back end of the, you know, the top 10. He could end up with a, a you know, an Atlanta or a, even a Detroit. And, and maybe he could boom there. But even I would like to see him in Phoenix as a point guard, you know, young guard with Devin Booker. So there's a couple options there for him. But I like Ty- Tyrese Halliburton. Obviously, it's a big boomer bust uh, opportunity there. Okay. Mine's actually, I got, I have a couple um, first is another point guard. Um, I know it's going to be like, oh, wow, Nick, you went real bold here. Um, but I think it's Cole Anthony. Um, got to watch him a couple games. Um, he dealt with some injuries, dropped him down a little bit. Um, but, but, I mean, especially watching him against our Buckeyes, like, that dude can just go get a bucket. Yeah. Like, it does not matter if you're throwing two dudes at him. And like I said before, father from the NBA – experience coming down training him training from an early age um as most of these kids are now but but i just love his his playmaking and just his ability to go get a bucket and he does not care how big the moment is yeah that's good i i totally agree with those i think those two guys are going to be uh absolute animals when they get into the league um unfortunately i'm not going with the guy that uh dave was referencing earlier um, oh. Also going to point out a guard, um, speaking of larger guards that the Cavs need, um, I'm going to go with Killian Hayes from France. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. This guy is the youngest man in the draft, so tons of potential, tons of room to growth, and a very young basketball player. Um, 
he reminds me a lot of D'Angelo Russell. Um, just the okay. way he plays as a left-handed guard, um, sees the floor very well, runs the pick and roll better than anyone else in this class. Um, so he's going to be a great person to spread the ball, uh, pass the ball, rack up those assists, similar to Halliburton. Um, but the one thing, obviously, that he does is he relies on his left hand, um, but that's something that could be easily fixed um, in the league, moving those tendencies over. Um, also his jump shot might be a little sus, um, shoot shot, very low percentage overseas, but, uh, working with NBA talent, I think you'll be able to, uh, fix that percentage easily. So Killing Hayes is my guy. Mom? Well, if, if you guys don't mind, I'm, I'm going to give a quick shout out to me and Noah's boy on Yeki the big guy from USC, man. I, I have fun watching some of his tape. He's just, he, he could like the, hit the potential, the, the athleticism, the motor on defense, he's able to recover and he, his recovery speed, you know, when it's come to, you know, hedging on a screen and then getting back to his guy who's rolling or, you, you know, making rotations. Like it's so impressive to me. I love watching him play. He could be the next Bam out of Bayou, in my opinion, at wow. six, about six, nine, six, ten, I believe he is. So his wingspan is ridiculous. I love his potential. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I know the Cavs, the Cavs could use bigger guards, but in my opinion, if Drummond's not around long time or Tristan Thompson, I'm I'm on the Onyeke, uh, Onyeke Akungwu. But you saw he came out and said he he compares himself to Bam, and that's who he thinks he's going to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll take it. I'm not going to complain. His offensive skill set is not necessarily there yet, but I mean. You can work on that. That's always develop. You know, you can always develop that. But mm-hmm. you know, what, you got a, you got another sleeper. I do actually, and this one's actually really deep. Oh, uh, good because you guys went real bold with all your top ten projections. Let me let me tell you this guy. He might not even be in your first round mock whatsoever. His name is Jay Scrub. Um, he was uh, committed to Louisville. He was a top twenty five recruit coming out of high school committed to Louisville, something happened that didn't work out, ended up playing Juco for two years. He is an absolute animal, uh, 6'6", good weight, extremely athletic, could jump out of the gym, um, can easily come to the league, be a 3 and D guy, similar to that of Terrence Ross with a much higher ceiling and a much higher ball handling ability. Um, so I, don't be surprised if you see him getting picked up early second round. I'm ready to take him five. <laughs> you sold me. He sounds like he's going to be a future L.A. Laker, to be honest with you, late first round. He's an absolute animal. Look him up, man. He... Bro, all right, my second sleeper, I only watched one game, unfortunately. I wanted to watch a little more, um, but I didn't watch that much this year. Is um, that Ramsey kid from Texas Tech. Jameis. Yes. Jameis. And the boys just got a clip. I, I just watched him go off one game. I forget what game I watched, but I was like, yo, this kid can shoot. I looked it up. He was averaging 15. He shot like 43%, which is a little better than Anthony Edwards' 29%, in case you forgot. Um, <laughs> but so, and, and I haven't seen him higher up on any boards, but, but I think especially now, especially I think this generation of college kids, what you're going to start seeing is I think that three-point shooting is going to transition even easier now. I think especially in college, you're starting to see a bit deeper threes. 
um, especially just kind of with how Steph and Dame are starting to switch it. I think shooting is going to keep transitioning mm-hmm. more and more to the next level. I don't think it's even got to be a worry anymore. So that's that's another one of mine. I mean, they moved the line back, didn't they? Didn't they move D1 line back to the I think they did. I think they made it closer. Yeah. No, I think they made it further. Like closer to NBA range, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Closer closer to the yeah. NBA yeah. line. But all right, that's uh, it's actually the end of the first quarter here at uh, at Bench Captains. We'll be heading now into the second quarter, right before our halftime. So we're gonna be talking about some off-season moves, some trades, some free agency, on um, just kind of things like that. So I'm gonna kick it over to Dave. Dave's got um, just some trades. You want to lead us through some potential trades? Yes, guys. So I'll open up the questions. Uh, I'll give my my input last, but I'm very curious. I the first guy I wrote down. No, I know we talked about you know before we we jumped, hopped onto this podcast. We talked about uh, Oladipo. The report about Oladipo saying he's committed to the Pacers. I you know guys say that in my opinion, and then they see an opportunity to go somewhere else that's better, and you're like, eh, it's hard to pass it up. So. Guys, if Oladipo was really on the market, and let's say the Pacers are like, we need to hit on a home run, and Oladipo, we don't know with his health. It's just been streaky. What are your guys' thoughts as far as Oladipo? Who, who would you guys say is his best, best fits for him or moves you'd like to see made for him? I think, I think 100% Oladipo needs to be on a contending team. Mm-hmm. Um, Oladipo sat in... Uh, mediocrity his entire career, uh, being mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, not being able to do anything, uh, being in Indiana, not being able to do anything. Um, so I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, maybe in Milwaukee with Giannis and Chris Milton. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, who says no, moving him to the Clippers and ship Paul George back to Indiana. <laughs> Paul George. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Nick? What, what are you thinking as far as Oladipo trade? All right. Who says no to Wiggins and two for Oladipo? Ooh. Very interesting. Because the Warriors get another player. Because I know we were talking about Wiseman to them, but I'm in on them packaging Wiggins and two. I want them to go get another player that way. I, I, would be, I think that would be much bigger for them. You saw it even just... LeBron's never wanted a rookie. Mm. Players just don't don't want those rookies for the championship contending team right now. Like, who was the last rookie to make like have a big finals moment? Magic Johnson, probably, right? <laughs> Most likely. Like, yeah. like that's how long we're talking about now. And so, I, I think that would be one because I'm with you, Noah. I think he's got to go to a contending team. It's mm-hmm. not one of these that are cycle of like a, we're going to pick from 10 to 14 and keep missing the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and, and Depot, like he can ball, like the dude can play. Mm-hmm. So, so that'd be my pick for a trade of, of what I could see happening. You know, you pointed out golden state and the Pacers. I think there's a different trade to be made, not involving Oladipo that involves miles Turner for the number two pick and Andrew Wiggins, because I could see the Pacers mm-hmm. saying, well, We'd rather pay Oladipo and a little bit probably cheaper and not as expensive of a big, but then we can go get a James Wiseman at two. And then we have a younger, more athletic, probably higher potential than Miles Turner. So I could see that deal. But as far as Victor Oladipo, 
I, there, I wrote down four teams, and whether these teams can make these moves or not, we'll see. Milwaukee is a big question mark. I like the fit because they, they're fast. They want to play lockup defense, and he can score. He can be the guy that handles the ball in pick-and-roll situations at the end of games. I like Miami. Miami has a bunch of young players that they could ship in a trade to Indiana, like a you know Kendrick Nunn. Uh, could be a, a piece that you ship over and you'd get a Victor Oladipo and, and that would be a really good combo for Butler and Oladipo. I like Dallas. Dallas would have a very nice trio of guys that they could build around. Now, I don't know if they would have the, the best package available, but the last option I wrote down, very intriguing option is the Brooklyn Nets because they do have Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie. If they said, hey, we'll give you Dinwiddie and a draft pick, what do you say? You know, I, it's going to be hard for the Pacers to say, I think, Dinwiddie or Levert. Levert's a very intriguing player. So I, I, if I'm the Pacers and I look at my deals, Brooklyn could be that team, uh, that, that last dark horse team. Uh, with that being said, guys, another guy that's on the market, possibly, Russell Westbrook. What are we thinking here, Nick? I'm going to yeah. start with you. I'll yeah, I, no, and I were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier is just I think he's got to go somewhere where he's going to be the biggest star. Um, you kind of saw that even just in Houston, um, but also just the place dying for a star, New York, the Knicks. Yeah. And then you also got KD in Brooklyn. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, what more do we want? Put that on Christmas. <laughs> Seven-game series on Christmas Day. You know Russell play all seven. <laughs> like, I, 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 that's where I want him. I want him on the Knicks. Let him go be his big media presence in a big media city mm-hmm. with the brightest lights at Madison Square Garden um, with a team that needs that star. Mm-hmm. And he gets to be the guy. I mean, look at what he's done with the Thunder and all those bums that he drags along. Like... I wouldn't just, I wouldn't uh, completely diss Stephen Adams like that because I love Stephen <laughs> Adams, but I totally agree with what you're saying. How about you know what are your thoughts, Russell Westbrook? I mean, as Nick said, I think the Knicks are a perfect fit. Uh, but if I were to take it another route, which might be impossible because I don't know what they'll be able to package, I think he would also do well in Charlotte. Um, mm. They don't have a ball dominant guard. Uh, they got Devonte Graham and Terry Rozier. Um, so they're not really moving stuff like that. They have a young guy in PJ Washington, um, who's able to blossom into a great big, um, and even Russell Westbrook being Jordan brand, uh, partnering up there with Michael Jordan, I think would just be a a great fit for him. That's a good point. I could, yeah, definitely could see like three and Graham going to Houston for Russell Westbrook. That could be very interesting. Um, guys, I'm going to just not make this difficult. The Knicks are I think the best fit. And if you, you guys went from the player aspect for Russell Westbrook, I'm going to look at the organization's aspect. Look, the Knicks have not had a start since Car. I'm going to be honest. I think Carmelo was the last star, even though I love Porzingis and what he he's going to be. He was a rising star. I don't think he had really come into his own yet, even though he had a couple good years, I would say they haven't had a true star since Carmelo and, and that the year with him and Amari and they are just, they Dolan is not doing a good job as an owner. The organization just isn't a funk. You need life. You need hope. You need something that gets the fans back into the- Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Jeremy Lin. That, that was 
Let's what, go. Lynn Sanity. Westbrook Sanity. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. They need the Knicks need Westbrook, and Westbrook needs the Knicks. And that is a no-brainer in my opinion. Make it happen. That's got it's got to go down that way. Uh, and here's another guy that I'm gonna throw out to you guys, and then we can just any other trade thoughts that we thought maybe are interesting. Chris Paul is the last guy I'm gonna put out there. I have only one team I want to see him on. There's only one team. Okay, Nick, lead a- Phoenix. Whoa. Okay. Not There's right. nowhere else I want him. Him and Booker. Mm. Aiton. Okay. Yes, please. Okay. There's nowhere else I want him. Okay. Except there. Because I was so low on the Thunder this year, and then I watched that man be like, yo, you know what? Gilgis Alexander, you're actually a dog. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And they just went off. And if he can do that with Gilgis Alexander, imagine what he's going to do with Booker. Mm-hmm. Good point. And then eight instead of Adams. Like, that's where I want him. So, that being said, guys, uh, let's let's kind of open it up here a little bit. Any thoughts on any other trades you'd like to see? Or right. Any other ideas that you have? Are you ready? Because, Noah, you said who's going to be point guard for the Lakers next year. I have the answer. Are you ready? I don't think it'll be a good answer. Okay. Noah, it is. You ready? Okay. So, the Lakers – they're going to take Kuz. They're going to take Green. They're going to take KCP and their pick. Okay? They're going to send it to Toronto in a sign-and-trade for Fred Van Vliet. I'm pretty I like, sure he's I like Van Vliet. I don't think he's what the Lakers need, but I like Van Vliet. He's not, he's not looking to play for a championship anymore. He wants the bag. Exactly. That's why I did the contracts. He could go get 20-plus for this. If that's what he wants. I, think, I don't think the Raptors are going to keep looking to pay those guys, so then eventually the other contracts will run out. They'll clear that up, get true. that out. I mean, I was looking at uh, more so of a, a free agency standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I do think Van Vliet is one of the biggest names in this free agency class. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's an absolute bucket, even at his size. Um, Steph Curry runs away from him in the finals because he doesn't want to guard him. Uh, he's an absolute answer. Um, besides Van Vliet, I think Carmelo is another name out there that I think too many teams passed on. He definitely still has some in the tank. He proved a lot in Portland, and I think that's enough to get him another year or two in the league. Um, also, I think uh, Bogdanovich uh, from Sacramento is pulling a lot of attention. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of teams lack perimeter shooting, and he is someone who can just knock it down and be able to play um, both as a ball-dominant guard and a catch-and-shoot option. So big, big names for, for those three, and I, I hope to see them uh, have a lot of success, maybe another team's jersey this year. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a couple moves that I'm, I'm thinking about right now that, you know, I, I mentioned Brooklyn with the, the package of Dinwiddie and, and Levert. A move I'd be very interested to see is what if you have a move like, those, you know, Brooklyn packages, those guys, and they ship them to a team like Detroit, who has the eighth pick. They have, you know, some young pieces that maybe you're like, okay, I can build around this. Blake Griffin, go try to win a chip. Like, let's go all in if I'm Brooklyn. They can get a true big, and I know they have DeAndre Jordan. Um, Running back, Lob City, baby. Lob City, you know, I, I like that. You still have Jared Allen. Maybe Jared Allen is a guy that you move in that deal, even though I like him a lot. I think he's a very uh, very solid shot blocker and defensive big. 
And he probably has postered three or four guys in his life and made you question everything. But, you know, I like that potential move right there. However, you know, the, the Nets have flexibility with their roster, and I think that's what makes them very intriguing going into the free agency and uh, trade market. The move that I think has been bothering me that it hasn't happened sooner. Like, this move should have happened five years ago, in my opinion. It, it, it just makes way too much sense is DeMarcus Cousins to the Washington Wizards because you put him back with John Wall, you know, they'd be in the city where they like to do the dance, you know, flex to the left, throw some money at your hands. I'm, I'm going there. And I, I think back to their Kentucky days. I would love to see Cousins as the big. And for the Wizards, what, you're at the ninth pick in the draft. Or it's, I believe it's the ninth, yeah. Yeah, ninth pick in the draft. You're not hitting a home run maybe there. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. I, but Boogie Cousins, when healthy, I mean, do you remember what he was doing in, at the end of his tenure at Sacramento and at the beginning of his time in New Orleans before that Achilles tear? Now, maybe he's not the same player, but if you get 80% of what Boogie Cousins was, that is better than most players in the NBA. i love to see that move happen. And one last move, because, you know, we talk about Cat the Cavs. One move I would love to see is Andre Drummond on, on a, I know he's a restricted free agent. If he opts in, ship him to Boston and bring back a guy like a Gordon Hayward. Get an experienced wing guy who's played in playoff games and get the Celtics need a big. They need a guy that can defend inside, that can get rebounds. And if they made that swap salary-wise, they're very similar, even though Drummond's going to make $27 million. If you're the Celtics, you take it because you still think you have a window. And if you're the Cavs, you're like, okay, well, maybe I want, and then got, uh, uh, <laughs> I want to take a big at five. Maybe I want to go get my boy from USC, Okungwu, okay? Maybe you want to go make that move happen. But I think that would be a really fun move to go see. So I'll, I'll stop my ramble. You, you guys, uh, any other last thoughts? Here, I, have, I have one more guy uh, before. Perfect. Get it in before the second quarter buzzer ends. Yeah, before we head to halftime. Uh, just want to throw it out there. I have no under no understanding uh, as to why this man is even in trade rumors. It's Drew Holiday of oh, yeah. New Orleans. He is arguably the best defender in the league um, mm-hmm. and an absolute glue guy to, I think, any organization he's in. Um, but he's in a lot of trade talks. Um, but I wouldn't be completely surprised if Golden State goes after him, uh, throws that number two pick in the air to New Orleans, and maybe uh, you get the Ball Brothers mm-hmm. back together. <laughs> that would be very intriguing. That would be. I dig it. I dig it. I also see the Lakers as a potential runner for Drew Holiday. They need a young guy who can play def- uh, defense on the wing, so or a, a guy who can play both ends. I didn't mean to say yeah. young. He's not necessarily young. But. Yeah. Does Bradley come back? Does he go back to the Lakers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. He'll be nice. He'll be nice to come back to. An absolute game changer. Since he wasn't technically, just he wasn't in the bubble. Mm-hmm. All right, let's head to the third quarter. We're just going to talk some season predictions, um, an MVP prediction, finals prediction, and then we're going to go over a team or two that didn't make the playoffs that is going to make it, and a team or two that did that aren't going to make it. So I'm going to turn it over to my boy Noah to take us home with your finals predictions. Uh, all right. You want to start with the finals predictions first? Sure. All right. I am not bold when it comes to finals predictions. Last year, I was way off. Um, so, Who'd you say? 
Last year I said uh, Philly and the Lakers, and Philly didn't make it past the first round, I don't think. Okay. Uh, so this year I'm rolling with um, the Brooklyn Nets coming out of the East. Uh, I believe Kevin Durant just makes them the absolute best team in the East, even with Milwaukee and Giannis there. I think too many people forget who Kevin Durant is. And I personally think when healthy, he's the best player in the league. Um, and then to, in the West, I 100% think Golden State will be back in the finals this year. Uh, losing Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, it was absolutely absurd. Um, and obviously, them getting the number two pick was also absolutely absurd. Um, and then coming back healthy, might I say again, absolutely absurd. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Wow. All right, I'm going I'm to counter that because I know we've had talks off this podcast about this. So my thought with the Warriors, I'm cool with the Nets. I can see that, especially just with the East. You have all those teams there. East, you literally toss it up. You can argue any team. The Warriors, here's my thoughts. We have two older guys now. Well, I guess not technically Steph, but like Dre and Clay. Like Clay's coming off that ACL injury. Like I want to see how he comes back. Obviously, his spot up shooting will be there. But the catch and shoot was his biggest thing coming off the pick. I want to see if that's still there. Like how well he can get around the floor and on the defensive side now. Is that still going to be there? I think it will. I'm not as worried about him. Draymond, though, what I was telling you, his blocks, his three-point shooting, rebounding, have all declined since 2016 that year. You go look at those categories, they've gone down. I'm pretty sure those were the three. I know three-point shooting and blocks for sure. I think rebounds was the third. But that's what he's known for. But he's getting worse each and every year. And last year, I would have loved to see more. If you're going to go back and forth with Charles Barkley, when you're finally the guy, show me an increase in stats. Don't show me a decrease. I get it. You feed off of Steph and Clay. They're not there. That's fine. But still, I would have liked to have seen some improvement in some area to make me feel more confident in him. So I think he's going down. Which So that's why I'm hesitant on the Warriors. Um, I would not be surprised if it's the Warriors. Um, I think we're going to look at some of these moves, how they happen. But for now, I, I would go back with the Lakers. They won it. Avery Bradley's coming back. We all think they're going to go make another another big move. Um, so for me, it's still the Lakers there out of the West. But if it is the Warriors, I would not be surprised. Out of the East, this was tough. Um, as you said, I think, I think the Nets can do it. But again, like I said, now KD's coming off an injury too. Um, I think he's still going to be an absolute walking bucket. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm interested to see what Kyrie we get. If we get the Kyrie that was the perfect sidekick to LeBron, it's easily the Nets. But if we get this, I need to be the number one guy, it's not going to happen. Um, so for that, um, I actually think, I think that is going to be the Bucks. I think Giannis comes out with a chip on his shoulder. I think they're going to make a move or two. I think they, they realize where they're at. I think they see their championship window now. So I would, I would go Bucks and Lakers, which is not more bold than your uh, Warriors set, or Nets, Warriors Nets. I would actually argue that your Bucks pick is pretty bold. Because let's, let's kind of go back a little bit because I'm going to look at the 2008-2009 Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm -hmm. And what we have, that is what the Milwaukee Bucks currently are. They have young superstar forward – you know, Cavs had LeBron, uh, and LeBron's like, okay, Danny Ferry, you make a move. Show me what you got. 
what does he do? He musters up everything he can do, getting rid of Ira Newble and the likes of some of these other guys to bring in Delonte West, Wally Zerbiak, Joe Smith, and Ben Wallace. I loved Ben Wallace, by the way, one of my favorite players ever. But those are the four guys you bring in. The next year, they're like, you got to do something else because this is my last year here. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, show me that we can make the finals or else I ain't coming back. What do they do? Sasha Pavlovich, you're gone. Ben Wallace in a second-round pick, you're gone. Guess where you're going? Phoenix for Shaq. Shaq couldn't run run up and down the floor for more than 10 minutes without pulling a hamstring. So this is where the Bucs as a franchise need to figure out what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. You have to learn from the mistakes of small markets past. And if you don't make a move for an Oladipo, Chris Paul, or, you know, one of these other guys, you're going to lose Giannis. That being said, I think Giannis is gone, and I think he's going to pull LeBron and go to Miami. So I have Brooklyn out of the East. I'm not going to make it sugarcoated other than that. Brooklyn's just most talented team in the East, even over Philly. And Boston will be interesting if they get rim protection, but we'll see about that. And the West, it's got to be – I think it's the Lakers. I, the problem I have with the Warriors is – they're going to be the four seed, the three or four seed with the Clippers still there. There's going to be so many teams that are going to be banging up on each other all, like left and right. I, I, I have a hard time believing with some of these young teams that I know the Warriors are going to have. They're going to be intriguing, though, if they come away with the guy like James Wiseman or they make a massive blockbuster move. They'll be in the conversation. I think they'll be in the semifinals to the finals. But right now, it's, it's Nets-Lakers for the finals for me. Okay, okay. All right, Noah. So we'll, we'll keep talking about playoffs here um, since we're just kind of on that theme. Looking at the teams that made it last year, I do have a team or two in each conference that is not going to make it this year. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think um, there's some teams that maybe shouldn't have made it last year in the East especially and some teams mm-hmm. that uh, maybe won't be able to – pull off the same heroics that they did in the bubble uh, last year as well. Um, first, in the Eastern Conference, uh, the team that I think won't make it will be the Orlando Magic. Um, I just think they're stuck in a weird spot right now. Um, they got to move some guy like Aaron Gordon, um, be mm-hmm. able to solidify their guard position. Markel Fultz and DJ Augustine can't do it on their own. Um, they got Vucevic, who's a great big. Um, also, Aaron Gordon's a great big. I got nothing against him, but I think he's probably the most available piece on that roster. Um, and in their place, I believe the Atlanta Hawks will be in the playoffs this season. Uh, I think Trey Young will have a major step up as well. He's become uh, one of the best guards in the league. Um, John Collins will be back for a full season, and I, I believe they have uh, so much use with Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter that um, mm-hmm. in their second season they could grow a lot. Um, out of the West, I do not think the Oklahoma City Thunder will make it. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think Chris Paul will get traded, and that's a, just a big piece to lose. Um, and the New Orleans Pelicans uh, will find their way into the playoffs uh, with the help of Zion. Lonzo's going to continue to improve. Brandon Ingram's going to continue to improve. And who knows what happens with Drew Holiday. I think they got a lot of room to grow, and they're one of the most fun teams to watch in the league. Interesting. So the Thunder don't make it, and the Pelicans do. Yep. So, um, 
I'm just, I'm kind of interested. I am just intrigued by the fact that you didn't have your NBA champs making it for someone. What you mean? I, I don't think your Golden State Warriors made it in the West. Well, they're going to make it in the West, but I wasn't going to. Well, for them. hell, I wasn't going to put them in the finals. A team like Utah, they're not going to. Okay. Okay. I was trying. I was trying to be out on Utah this year, like going into this season. But so for me, my teams that didn't make it. I think we all. I mean, I know I agree with you in the East. Um, I don't even know who else won't make it. Potentially the Pacers. I think if they trade Oladipo, but I think still. Um, just with the drop-off of the talent in the East. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think the Hawks do take that step this year in place for the Magic. Now in the West, um, I actually have two teams not making it. Kills me to say it. Um, the Trailblazers. Um, if you know me, you know Dame. Dame's my boy. Dame's been my boy. Um, him and then also the Thunder, like you said, trading CP3. I think both those teams don't make it. Um, now, with that being said, the two teams that I think take their place, I do think the Grizzlies get it this year. Um, I do think Ja with, uh, J- with Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, and, and I think going into this offseason, I think they'll be able to add another piece or two. Um, I think they were right there. Um, obviously, going through a weird season, I think the Grizzlies get to take one of those um, two spots. But then also with the Warriors, I, you can't like you have to you have to say them. So I think I think the Warriors and the Grizzlies take it. However, if the Suns do the CP3 trade, then I put them in because that's where I want him. And then obviously they are in. But I think that West, I think the West's going to be so interesting. Really tough. Yeah. And you know who else is another sleeper in the West? And nobody's talking about this. The record was so bad last year. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they didn't make the Russell trade until the end of the season. Like, it didn't go, like, Russell wasn't, you know, playing a lot with the Timberwolves. And, you know, and you're going to get a full off season of those two. You're going to get, you know, uh, you're going to get, um, uh, excuse me, the number one pick. I, I if they get Lamelo Ball, I I love that trio so much. I love that trio so much because it does so many things for that offense. They have so much young star potential. But you know, I, as far as teams, I think are going to miss the playoffs. Uh, two names that you guys said: the Magic and the Pacers in the East. Uh, the Pacers to me have a very solid roster. Uh, if they trade Oladipo or Miles Turner. I do think that there's a chance that they slip off. I, I think that they're, they're an organization that has always been middle of the pack. They're this decade's version of the Atlanta Hawks compared to the Hawks of the last decade. And uh, they need to figure out a way to maybe just find a superstar player in, in the draft, get young assets, get a bunch of capital. I don't think that they're going to be the team that can win a championship in the next three years with the current building blocks that they have. They have some nice pieces that are two and three options, but not number one. So I, I think the the Pacers make some moves. They they get rid of some guys. The Magic, I, I think there's a lot of inexperience. I think there's two teams in the Eastern Conference that make the playoffs. And one of them, you know, you said the Hawks. I like Chicago. I like the development of Zach Levine. I like uh, Kobe White. That's his name, right? Kobe, mm-hmm. I said that right. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I like that they have Lori Markinen and and they have the sixth pick in the draft. Anything or the uh, 
No, they don't. They have the fourth, fourth pick in the draft. So I was thinking of the Hawks. They have the fourth pick in the draft. You know, what if they land in an Anthony Edwards or they're able to ship the fourth they'll pick? They'll get that 29% shooting from three. And they'll get a freak athlete. That's what they'll get. And they're going to get – they could get a very good player at four. And they might be able to make some moves and be a back end of the, the seven or eight seed. And the other team that's going to make the playoffs, and I know this is going to sound homerish, I don't care. Yeah, I, let's go. I think the Cavs have a very good chance of being that eight seed. And here's why. You look at the development of how Colin Sexton has grown from year one to where he is now. If you look at the physical body that Darius Garland has put on himself, like he looks like a whole different player this year in the, in the offseason training that he's done. Uh, he's so quick. He's going to be healthy. Remember, guys, he had a big injury going into that year. It, it was just, it's always the first year that you're not you're all the way yourself, and then the follow after a big injury, and then the following year is when you get When really, he went up a level. He went from college to, like, a whole new speed, a whole new game. While coming back from an injury. So, mm-hmm. to me, you're going to see the best version of him, a better version of Darius Garland this year, as well as Kevin Porter. I think they're going to bring in another, a nice piece at number five. And if they keep Andre Drummond, they were they went on a big streak of win. They had a solid winning streak going before COVID hit. And I'm very intrigued to see what happens with the Cavs. I like what they have. I like JV Bickerstaff. I do. And you know Kevin Porter. Mm-hmm. You've heard reporters around the league talk about this guy has potential star power. Like he's a very good player. And I'd be very interested to see what happens. Maybe they go after that. I, I mentioned the Drummond for Gordon Hayward trade. If you get a wing player like Gordon Hayward in that in that offense, and then you have Kevin Porter, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., and you go and draft a, uh, you know, a big, then it gets interesting. So I think the Cavs have a very good shot. I think a couple of these teams actually have a chance. And if the you know the the, the Hornets are able to make a move to get Russell Westbrook, they're another team that's intriguing. But I'm gonna go with the Bulls and the Cavs. All right, I like it. Let's quickly end this third quarter um, with MVP prediction. That's a very good question. Um, Noah, do you have a particular player that you would pick at MVP? Yeah, I think that he is snubbed from way too many MVPs already. Um, and if Russell Westbrook is on the move, James Harden will grab another MVP this upcoming season. Um, mm, okay. He stuffs the stat sheet. The MVP has turned the MVP trophy has turned into a stat sheet stuffing trophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't care about value to a team. Russell Brown would have won it every year. <laughs> but James Harden has been snubbed of two trophies already. I believe uh, without Russ Westbrook on that team, he's going to be a, a different animal. All right, Harden was my prediction, as Dave can attest, until I, scr- I actually scratched him out like 10 minutes ago. Not even kidding you. And I went, I went with, uh, I went with Luca. Yeah. I think it's going to be Luca. Wow. You know, those are both really good options. Um, Dave's going to pick Colin Sexton. <laughs> no, <laughs> Kevin Porter, silly. No, here's, here's who I'm taking. And I think this is a statement year, a statement year to prove a point that he's putting the league on notice. This man is a walking legend. And that is LeBron James. Oh, wow. Dave's picking LeBron to be, yeah, you know what? I am going to pick LeBron. He's going to have a better roster around him. Anthony Davis, you know, they have that championship swagger coming back. LeBron's going to say this. Look, 
here's what separates me from Jordan. Was it two more rings? That's what's separating him. And he's like, you know what? I'm a man on a mission. I want to prove the point that I can win multiple times in the Western Conference. I want to beat the Warriors. I want to beat the Clippers. You know what, Denver? You guys want a, a game or two against us in the playoffs? Or a game against us in the playoffs? Dunzo, get out of here. You're not winning another game against us in the playoffs. LeBron's going to have a massive year, and I love Luka Donich. I love James Harden. Actually, I don't really love James Harden. I think he doesn't play winning basketball. I think he's a stat machine and the best scorer in the game right now. LeBron is the best overall player. I know Durant's coming back. Give me Bron Bron going for the MVP trophy this year. All right. Not bad that, that ends the uh, – oh, you got something to say? No, I'm saying not, not a bad pick. I mean, you can't go wrong with LeBron. Yeah, that's real bold of you. Well, I had to be different than you guys. All right. I thought thought with this lead-up, he was going to pick Tyler Hero. I I thought it was going to be be Gordon Hayward or something. He comes to the Cavs. Kendrick Nunn. Uh. But uh, that's all for the third quarter. I mean, as you know, the fourth quarter is for starters. So that means the bench captains were out. And that's all.